In 2021, Talk About It Outdoors partnered with an industry-leading brand that has stamped its name on the outdoor industry. Cruiser Saddles in itself stands on perfection, and with every climb we make, we elevate ourselves above the rest. In addition to a support to our hunting journey, the men and women behind Cruiser believe in the same principles of life as us. Faith, family, and the blessings of being better as they go in every sit. If your desire to pursue your passions one step ahead of the rest, go ahead and get in the best. Check them out on all the socials or head over to their website at www.cruiser.com. That's C-R-U-Z-R.com. And tell them to talk about it outdoors, boys, and Chasing Weekends sent you their way. The journey of life has a unique way of being able to create tried and true friendships as we go. In forming those relationships, oftentimes good things come to follow. Talk About It Outdoors is proudly supported by Cal Hardy of Arrowhead Land Company. Cal is the leading broker over Georgia and is happy to assist you with finding the place where you can call home. With vast knowledge and an understanding of the ever-evolving real estate market and a unique old-school approach to everything he does, he exemplifies what it means to treat others like you'd want to be treated. Don't settle for being just another number in a phone. Choose Cal Hardy for all your land, home, and commercial real estate needs and become a part of his family. We sure are blessed to have him as a part of ours. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, or give him a call at 770-296-2163. Step back to the times when a feed store was more than just that, and the people inside smiled with friendly faces and provided a place for a talk on life, as well as all your essential farm, livestock, and pet needs. Cherokee Feed the Seed located in Ball Ground, Georgia, with an additional location in Gainesville, are the hometown supplier of all your cattle, equine, and pet needs, with the added addition of being able to keep your deer herd healthy with protein and minerals. They also carry an assortment of hunting blinds and gear, and you can rest easy knowing the people that support local ball clubs and children's sports are who your hard-earned money is going to. The people here greet you with a handshake and a smile, and Cherokee Feed and Seed give more than just a product. They give you a welcome that'll make you return time and time again. Stop in next time you're in the area and tell them you're part of the Talk About It Outdoors family. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. 
Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. You ready, Nick? Let's do it. Everybody talk about it outdoors coming to you live from the Cruiser Saddle Studio. Once again, we on the eve of the bow shoot when this one drops. Man, we gonna be having all kinds of fun. And y'all gonna know we've had a good time about it. We got some friends from a local, well, a local tracking company that are come on and tell us all about how to track a deer during deer season. Y'all pull a chair up. <laughs> I have butchered that. Whatever. I'm running with it. I don't know what in the world was going on there. I got, got peanut, tired. I, got, I think I was eating some of that peanut butter Watson was over there eating. <laughs> oh, I got excited. Probably couldn't hear yourself talk after turning that volume so loud. My ears are hurting. Turn that down some. <laughs> Good Lord. Sorry about your truck speakers, y'all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Welcome back to Talk About It Outdoors. It's going to be a fun night here. We are, uh, well, we're post-golf tournament. Great weekend we had there. What an amazing event it was. Biff, we love you. We appreciate you. Great feedback on that episode and a great message that he was able to deliver to everybody. We got to see some old friends, make some new friends alike. Anything you want to say about the, the golf tournament? Uh, no, I just can't believe, you know, I, I guess I can believe, but just the, the the way people showed up and, you know, like Cody Fowler said it best the other day, he called me on Monday and he said, you know what? He said, I hope I ain't never going to have a benefit for – for me, but you boys done a heck of a job on that and for the community to come together like that and show the love that they did. So um hope nobody needs it. But yeah, man, for everybody to come together like that's something else, ain't it? Well it was it was a special and it, it was a special night we had with Biff here and listening back to that episode it was it was even more special, I think, because I don't I don't know a lot of times that we hear everything that's said when we're in the the mm-hmm. moment, but listening back to it just it really fit well and it it, it led right into what a special weekend it was, and it kind of fit very well. So for for us to be able to experience that, it was great. I talked to shut Terry. that door a little slower, Caden. Maybe it'll squeak a little louder. <laughs> I talked to Terry West today, and he said that um, Biff is, Biff's wife had listened back to the episode two or three times already. Yeah, I seen she had posted on Facebook today that that it was a special episode. Yeah. So I did forget a story. Ashley brought that up to me. He called me last night, and he said, "You forgot the gummy bear challenge." I said, what was the, I said, oh my God. I said, I couldn't tell that story on there. It was on our senior trip. We had the gummy bear challenge. I asked Kuzno how many gummy bears he could fit in his mouth at one time. It was a lot. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. We put everything in this cabin in a blender, including mayonnaise, mustard, nutty bars, turkey, anything we had in the refrigerator. We put it all in a blender and mixed it up. And Zach sat out there and ate the whole jar of it that night. So, Shoo. yeah, you could imagine the smell. I've smelled some bad stuff in my life and, and it was it was rough, but that, I had to mention that. I actually said I'll probably listen to every episode from now on. That was so good. He said I enjoyed it a bunch. So, yeah, you know, we had a thirty-two golfer, 
32 teams on Saturday and 14 on Sunday, and and the the number that we came up with was just unreal. But going back to Saturday, we had 18, and then you know we were having such a good time, we decided to go off and tee tee off and play nine more. And we had five teams of 20, which we just we just played for a little side pot there, and none other than Alex Deboard got out there and played nine holes. I did <laughs> played nine full holes of golf for only the second time in my life. It was terrible. That was. I ain't gonna be taking up golf. No, you gonna take it up. No, no. I tell you what hurts so bad on me. The bottom of my back. I reckon from trying to drive them clubs. And one thing I did learn there towards the end, and it was you said it was Holly Edge's husband that was I was playing with Kyle. Kyle told me he said Alex. He said you ain't got to grab that thing like you hitting a baseball. He said relax your grip a little bit. And I did, and I slung the club <laughs> there. I was like, ah. And so Jacob let me play with his clubs. He was left-handed as well, which is none other than the legendary coolest dad, 2.424, whatever it is, the second half of that, Mr. Uh, Junior McGee. Yep. He let me play with his clubs. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. The whole day was a blast. I mean, we got there. You and I arrived at 7.15 that morning, and it was bottles up. <laughs> it, was, it was wide open, boy. <laughs> So. It was wide open, but it was good though. We had a good time, and uh, what'd you think of my auctioneer skills? You think you got a chance to make it? I, I was going, I was going to tell you that uh, Kyle Waters called me and asked if you wanted to work next Saturday night if you wanted to come up our sale at the at the auction. I may have me one or two before I get there. <laughs> It'll be all right. You did a fine job on that. Sold a sold a sixty five dollar grill for over three hundred dollars. Three fifty so. to Junior. Yeah, Junior. He said, "Ask my brother." I said, "I know, Junior. I know." <laughs> So, but it was a great event. I was amazed to see the people there. It was almost like a family or well, a high school reunion for for us when we were standing there because I seen faces I hadn't seen in years. I mean, it, Matthew Hemphill got to see him. Eric Garrison was there, and Drew and Connor was both there, and all Derek Red Mulkey, all the boys from back in the day was there. And so, how many times? And I know this is way off subject, but how many times did I announce on Saturday somebody has left a pair of ten and a half? on cloud shoes up here probably 10 times maybe i don't even remember you don't remember it? i had to, somebody brought a set of 10 and a half white brand new on cloud shoes i kept saying it come get your shoes you got to know that you're missing your shoes they're right here yesterday <clears throat> yesterday blake anderson called me they were his shoes yeah they're his shoes i was like dude i don't know where they're at that was saturday oh my gosh what did he do with his i mean i guess he had his golf shoes on and left his other shoes in the golf cart and just forgot them <laughs> Oh, well, he's out of them. $180 pair of tennis shoes. <laughs> yeah. Good to see old Blake. Good to see all the boys there, if I, if I didn't mention you. But hats off to Biff McGee. Played played a full round of golf there and never quit grinning the whole time. That's right. That's right. Good time, buddy. Well, tonight we've got – speaking of scents, you said you smelled bad earlier. We got a, a, a little – little special treat right here at the beginning of deer season and through the years we've had a couple of folks on to talk about tracking dogs but no one from locally here and i guess there's not really anybody around that does it anymore so i'm gonna let y'all introduce yourself i'm not even gonna introduce y'all and and i'm gonna let you tell about your company and Corey, you got to talk first and and <laughs> you know as the as the man of this relationship but i know who wears the pants in the family always i'm gonna let you kind of introduce y'all and tell the name of y'all's tracking company and, and tell a little bit about it so take it away and welcome to talk about it outdoors glad to be here uh i'm Corey green and your wife, Jessica Green. Yeah. <laughs> been married for quite some time now. <laughs> How long have y'all been married? Um, so, Mary. Corey. Oh, 
Oh, yes. Corey. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Corey. Eight years. No. Almost. Okay, yeah, you're right. But we've been together for 14. Wow. Okay. So so y'all started dating right after high school? or Right in it. She was, Yeah, we were both in high school. Mm-hmm. My senior year, her junior year. Okay. High school sweethearts. Aw. <laughs> It's like five, ten. You know what it's like having Caleb and Tyler on podcast together. <laughs> it was five ten two thousand nine. Oh, so you do remember the date because it's a passcode to things. What? Yeah. Oh, thanks for telling everybody that. So there you go. So bank is that's his bank account number. So no, not on that one. Well, so tell us, tell us, you know, a little bit about where y'all are from, Corey, and and then we'll let Jessica talk and we'll go from there. I grew up around Sioux Tally, Okay, my entire life, and then. After high school, kind of moved to Canton, and we lived there in Canton for five years, just right out of the city limits, and then moved back to Sioux Tally six years ago, maybe. That's where you live at now? Yep. Awesome. Yep. So that's a gate code. Just remember that did gate you, code. <laughs> you guys grew, did you, you grew up in there. Did you went to Cherokee? Yes. Mm-hmm. I guess you guys are a bit younger than us, aren't you? Yeah. Y'all the same age as Courtney, right, my sister? Yeah, I went yes. to, she yeah. was my age. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they're, yeah, so they're you, not you, much younger, but you guys started this, uh, I guess, tracking business. With, how long ago has this been in? Uh, this will be our third year. So it's CNJ Wounded Game Recovery. Um, so this is our third year going into it. Um, yeah, because Gus will be three this year. So yeah, we started it. Uh, long story short, we started it because Corey is actually colorblind. So my heart felt bad for the man because he couldn't really track his own deer when he was out and about. So I was like, let's get a dog. Let's get a dog. We'll train it to track. And, you know, you will have someone to run with you. Like you can take him with you, you know, stuff like that. So long story short, we got a dog named Gus and it's turned into a, a business and my husband gets to use him for free. And I'm not completely colorblind. No, it's just red and red and green, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, pretty, that's pretty common for a lot of people. Though, yeah. Like, but it? it's not like. I can see red lights, green lights. I can see the grass is green. <laughs> you, you busted it for me. But, I was almost about to say, when it's, how the hell do you drive? <laughs> but when it's red blood and brown leaves, it's hard. count me yeah. out. Can't does, see it. What about nighttime? Does that same thing? Yeah, same thing. What I, about a light? Does, like, does one of those green lights or anything help? It's been a long time since I've tried one. When I was a kid, I, I could see it better at night with one. I haven't tried it in years, yeah. so I couldn't. So you're an electrician, right? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no. That'd be hell, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> hook, his, hook that green wire up, Corey. We're ready. And just son of a gun trying to figure out which one to hook up. Yeah, that's not that's not me. I actually worked with a guy that you do you remember him? Tony Fe, uh Pesh or whatever he was. He was colorblind. He'd hook all of his phone blocks up. He'd just try to hook them up the right and they'd never be the correct way. So, he was a pre wire. So what made you guys want to start kind of doing it as a business just because you started doing it for family and friends and it carried on, carried on? Yeah, it just carried on. Um, So it's a big hobby of mine. I love to hunt. Um, I am a mom first, though, so it doesn't come easy to get in the woods when you're supposed to and stuff like that. I know you're like, well, you track deer, but I mean, tracking deer, I can set a time to it. It depends on the hunt and stuff like that. So it kind of took off and I just kind of have fallen in love with it and... I get an adrenaline rush like y'all do when you shoot a deer. Like it's, uh, I get excited, I get shaken just getting into the truck. My dog's just with me too. I mean, he gets the barking and stuff too. So I mean, showing up, I'm shaking, I'm excited. I got all the adrenaline with it. So I found my adrenaline high until I can get back into the woods. <laughs> so it's just a passion of mine. I enjoy it. I love uh, working with dogs. I always have, and we've trained Gus. 
from, you know, I had no one else. It was just me, a book and some videos. And I mean, it's what everybody does these days. So we trained him, got all the products to do it. And that was just history from there. And it's just became a thing. What kind of dog do y'all have? We have a bloodhound. Um, so yeah, he, he's, he's a big baby, but he loves his mama and <laughs> loves to track deer. <laughs> so I would imagine that being a bloodhound, it probably didn't take a whole lot of effort to train him just because it's bred into him. Yes, true. But they say any dog, as long as it has a drive to track, it will do it. So, but yes, it was a perk. That's what they're bred to do. Um, but I mean, is it going to be my next dog? Probably not. I, he drags me through the woods. So, so we do on lead. I don't do off lead. I'm not a fan of off lead, but we also do a lot of tracking in neighborhoods. So it's not like I have the opportunity to like unhook a lead and be like, go for it. Cause the, the times you have to stop, knock, ask for permission, explain what you're doing, restart, like he's not going to stop. And it's hard to restart once you stop. Not that he can't do it, but it's not my favorite to do either. Um, so yeah, no, I just, he's not gonna be my next dog. It's too big. I, I run, I mean, you've, you've experienced it. He, he drags you through the woods. So, so does it take away from, does it take away from enjoying your passion to deer hunt when you're having to do this? Cause people are calling you more often. No, uh, because there's a lot of perks. So when you find a deer, I don't have to drag it out of the woods. <laughs> That's the first. <laughs> um, so no, it doesn't. I know one day I'll get back in there. I do shoot. I'm in the bow shoot coming up too as well. I do all that. I love rifle hunting too. Plug. I just, I just don't <laughs> look at that. I just did that for you. Um, yeah, no, it doesn't. I, I prefer tracking, honestly, over hunting. I don't know why. I don't have to get up early. I mean, there's some tracks I do. I don't have to sit in the cold because by the time I get in the cold and I'm two miles in, I'm already sweating. Yeah. So, no, no, it doesn't. You sound like you do more of the tracking than Corey. I do. She does. He, no. He's only ran one track, and it was uh, for a buddy of ours, and that's because I just couldn't get to it in time. So I've run, my tra- I've run two for myself because she was working. And then I've run one for Matt Wheeler. Yeah. Do you feel like you know the dog as well as her when it when it when it makes a move or anything? Probably not. Not as she's run ninety nine percent of them. Yeah. I do it for myself just because you can't see. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty I mean, much. I wanted to get into bow hunting. Yeah. Three or four years ago, and I knew that if I got into bow hunting, I was going to have to track a deer. Yeah. And I don't want to call somebody every time. Yeah. Because I've had to call them during rifle season and come track deer for me. And I don't like doing that. So I we, I talked her into getting a dog finally. I love it. I want more now and he won't, won't let me have more. Are you are you guys like on the preferred list for or like, I guess the GON runs that list every year yeah. for tracking dogs? Are you guys so on So I'm not on GON. I do dabble a little bit in Facebook there because there is a tracking site. So Georgia Blood... Um, Blood tracking, I think it is. There's some buddies I know on there too as well. And they have an entire list of like counties and stuff like that. I don't advertise my name on there because I am pretty busy with just word of mouth and people, believe it or not, like I don't want to bite off more than I could chew, but I stay pretty busy with like locals. And then I do have repeat customers too. They tell somebody and so on and so forth. Um, The bow shop over in Woodstock keeps my cards in stock too as well. So I get a lot of calls from them. Um, and I do make some posts on there and I share it and people share it. And so be it. I just don't advertise. There's a big reason and and I'm not trying to be whatever, but there's not a lot of females in the tracking world. And so it's a man industry, no offense to y'all, but it is a man industry and it's different going out there and you're like running a dog and you have nothing but men around you and they're great men. It's nothing against that, but 
am a female, but I am also a mom first too as well. So it's kind of, I gotta, I, I watch what I do. I don't want to bite off more like a chew right now. Um, and then like, can't run my dog. I've run what, two, three tracks in a day. I think it was one time, maybe two. Probably. Yeah. And I'm very cautious. And that's another reason I want another dog too. I'm not going to run him into the ground. Like I'd stay pretty busy. We do. I think our biggest track last year was, um, I think it was over three miles or right at three miles. And there was a lot of start and stopping. Um, so I just had to be watching it. And last year it was hot. So there's a lot of come into that. But you speak uh, about it being a, a male-driven industry. And the only other person we've had on to track deer was a female, J.C. Elliott. Oh, Elliot. awesome. Yeah, we had her on. Gosh, it was probably in the, the 80s or 90s on the episode count. But mm-hmm. she started working for On Track, mm-hmm. which Lance runs On Track, but she started learning from him. And yeah. now she runs a big part of On yeah. Track. So she's right there with you and mm-hmm. speaks about the same things that you do. Yeah. So it's it's pretty neat. And do you think that this is something you'll turn into more of a career as mm-hmm. you grow? Yeah. Um, I love what I do for what I, I, I love what I do for a living. I do. And the uh-huh. thought has to been to step back and, you know, invest in this more because it's very easy to do and we have the means to do it and it would mean more dogs and it would mean more equipment and it would mean more time in the woods. It would. <laughs> it would. <laughs> Not just for me. More for her, less for me. Yeah, well, Corey, you got to shave that mustache. I can't read your facial expressions. He's sitting over just so monotonous. He doesn't have them. He doesn't have facial expressions, so don't let it fool you. Um, but yeah, I would love for. I would love to see it take off. And you know, I'm the type of person that wants something. I want it now, and those things take time. And yeah. just now, you know, I can't really just up and quit my job, but. I would love to spend my entire career in the woods chasing deer. Do you think that you could turn it from just a deer recovery business into maybe being a liaison for the sheriff's department or something Mm -hmm. in the off season? Is that kind of what y'all thought about or something y'all talked about? So our neighbor is a retired cop and it's been approached to me several times to, you know, sign him up to do this or let's get you another dog. I can get you a mouth. Like let's do this. And cause there's other opportunities you can, but I would love to do search and rescue for missing people and stuff like that. And it has been spoken about. I just haven't dabbled into it, you know? Most of that's volunteer basis though, right? Yeah. 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 And you have to get, I think, on a list and you got to like prove it and train. He's a a retired Cobb County canine officer. Okay. So he has a lot of of time with dogs and training them. So probably a lot of knowledge basis when it comes to how to do it and where to get in at and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. When you when you when the off season for that dog, do you have to keep that dog in practice? Do you guys keep something in the freezer that you do? Yeah. Or, do you do? Yeah. So um, our power went out, and I had legs. So just for y'all, if y'all ever, you know, hopefully I'll get some deer this year. Save the legs. I'll keep the feet and stuff like that. I can use them. Um, I'll have you a freezer full of legs. <laughs> don't don't them. say that. <laughs> he would love you. No, there is um, a hide you can buy. I think it's by Dogbone. You can buy a hide, and he's got a mixture of what mimics blood and adrenaline. Because, you know, we're not just tracking blood. We're tracking the adrenaline. Um, and so I keep the hide in the freezer. It keeps it fresh. I think I, I buy a new one. The past, like, every year I get a new one, a new set. You just soak it and run it. Depending on what you're working for, um, it can sit anywhere from, you know, a quick track to 24 hours or longer. You can put some 90s in it. You can do a bed, and you can really screw with your dog. Um, but I do work him. Um, if I just want a quick one, I run it around the house. But my thought process in on it is 
your dog knows how to track. Your dog knows what he's looking for. It's it's intended to teach you what your dog is doing this year, learning his his mannerisms and the way he's working this year because he's growing and the older he gets, the different he is when the track. And you can't teach a dog to, I mean, you can, I, I can take that back. You can't teach a dog not to jump a track, um, especially if the wind's blowing and stuff like that, but you can in, the, in a sense. It's more so for me to understand how he's working this year um, each year he has slowed down, not in a bad way, but he has slowed down versus our first year. He was like, let's run it. Right. And each year he's kind of slowed down and he sets the pace, which is nice. Um, and then when he finds it, he finds it. A hide is different when we find a live deer. He finds the hide, he licks on it, puts it in his mouth, and he's like, I'm done. When we find a deer, it's a different ball game. Like I have to set warnings for the hunter because it is his deer at that moment in time. And he has shown signs of aggression, not mean, but between us being in the woods by ourselves right. and we have a ton of people with us, he's like, mm, skirt. So I have to warn people, but he loves when he finds a deer, when he finds a hide, he's like, all right, cool. We're done. Like what, this was it. You got me in the truck. We went for a 30 minute ride and we just found a hide. So here we are. The deer is his prize. Yeah. Right. That's, Absolutely. What, that's what he's working for. So yeah. when he finds it, you got to give him that's a chance his yeah. for that moment. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, most hunters can appreciate that, but let's let's talk. You know, maybe uh, uh, warnings or, or boundaries that you set for hunters that may or may not understand the tracking side of things. So, what's kind of your the way you explain when you get to a track? Yeah. So when I get to the track, I get out and he's in his truck and stuff like that, and you get the excitement. Like, does he gonna bark? No. Gus is quiet. Like he's for a hound dog. He doesn't make a single noise. He finds it there. He doesn't make a noise. Um. I give the expectations of, look, we're going to start where you started. You're going to point me in the direction um, of where you went. We're going to let Gus work it out. We're going to see what he does. If we have to restart, great. Um, last year, he did a lot of, which is good for him. He would start on a track and he would go and then he'd circle back and then go back on the same track. He's just doing a, a, a check or reassurance is what I like to call it. So I, I warned them. I'm like, please keep up if you can. If not, I have your number. Don't get in front of the dog. Um, when I say keep up, don't, don't ride my heels, but keep in a distance. Cause I've been known to get separated. Um, don't talk to the dog. Don't interact with the dog. If he comes up to you, just kind of like step away because he's working. Like it's a working dog. Like don't, don't do that. Um, a big one is, especially when you do a lot of tracking in ravines and stuff like that. If you see the deer before he sees the deer, don't, don't make a deal about it. Like let's let him work through it. Let's let him find it. Like don't find it for him. Let's see what he does. Um, and then, of course, if we do find it, let's give him a minute with it because he tends to show aggression. Like, I he I don't want to be responsible for that situation. And then after we find said deer, if we do find deer, like, give me a chance to switch out gear and we'll walk out together. Especially when I get deep into these woods and I don't know where I'm at. Um, I like to switch him out, put him on a lead versus a harness because he won't drag me. So he knows the difference. Um, that's pretty much it. Like, I just make sure they keep up. We have phone numbers. They don't intervene. They can talk to me. We can ask questions. Another big thing is I have uh, streamers on my backpack. So I have gear I carry. Like, not streamers. What's that orange tape? You know what I'm talking about where you mark Flagger tape? Yeah. yeah. Um, if I have time, I'll stop. Mark last blood. I use the Onyx app, too. Um, I can mark last blood in there if I have time to stop. So I ask them to mark my last blood, whether you put toilet paper down, you break a limb or something, because you're going to have to restart. It's right. It's not uncommon to be like, hey, let's start back. I'm not confident in this. And then you carry on and it's the right. same exact track we're just going. So yeah, most of the time we let them know to be looking for blood when you're following us because the dog is on the track. So 
Dog's not just tracking blood. No. He's no. tracking the adrenal glands and the yeah. feet yeah. and everything else. And he doesn't, he's not going to run the track. Like, he's not going to be like every step of the way. Like, I give him grace of like maybe like what, 10 feet, maybe? Yeah. I give him grace of that. And he's work. He's a dog. He knows what he's working for. And you can tell when he's off. Like the pace changes. He his mannerisms different. If he stops to pee, that's a big key for me because if you have time to pee, you're not working. Um, so I also say that too as well. I'm like, look, he's not going to write on it. So if you see something I don't see, let me know. We'll just mark it. But I don't require him to run the track. He's not going to. The wind blows. There's a creek. There's this. There's that. So when he's when he's on a track of just a glance or whatever from adrenaline, then there's no blood. Does his reaction change once he hits, once he passes blood, or once he finds a drop of blood? Does he get about a, a locate or anything? No, he. I call it his dragon noise when he's working and he like is working a scent and there's adrenaline, and no blood. You can tell like he's just he's taking it in. He sounds literally like a dragon. He's sucking it in and blowing it out. Um, when he hits it hard, like I say, um, he'll take off running and he runs hard. He's digging. His feet are in the ground. He's pulling hard. He will drag you. Oh no, he will. He's and he's gotten he better. He through the woods. <laughs> you just gotta know how to handle him. <laughs> um, no, he he speeds up some and then he'll slow yeah. down. But and she he, got drugged too. Dude. Yeah, no, oh, I yeah. do. I go through a lot of gloves. There's been multiple times that she tells me that she falls mm-hmm. and the dog stands there and waits on her to he get does. back up so he can drag her back down. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He he. As much as he drags me through the woods, he will come to a complete stop and wait till I'm up and moving. Um, but yeah, so no, he does have key. His tail points up maybe a little bit more, but he doesn't bark. I wish he would, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He just goes faster, and I'm right behind him. Have you guys got up on one and jumped it and, oh, him, yeah. see, and him see it? So last year, this track, I could cry just thinking of it. Um, last year, we were, what was the name of the road in Woodstock? Wiley Bridge. That one. We were over there. I've tracked a few over there at this time. It's a tight neighborhood. It's what I do around here. Um, we went over two miles. It was a crossbow. So fast moving arrow too, as well. Complete pass through. Didn't find the arrow. So I'm like, oh, blood was great. I knew I was working with liver and possibly some lung. Uh, maybe when I say some lung, I'm meaning like maybe just a clip of it. And then you hit all liver. And so we ran and we crossed the first road, hit a lady's neighborhood, her house. And she so happened to be home. So we had to explain and, she was very hesitant about it. And I'm like, look, I'm not, we're, it's, it's injured. Like I'm trying to find it to fix it. So cross that one next house. No one was home cause it was being built and he took a hard 90 and it was downhill. And then we crossed the next road and then we went into some woods and I mean, it's heavy blood all the way. So I know I'm there and we walk up on this log and we jumped our first doe and I'm like, oh shoot. So to him, he's like, that's it. That's, that's what we're doing. Like, here it is. And so that took a solid 15 minutes to make him understand that's not the deer we're after. It was not injured. There was no blood. It was bed down. We have to stop. So I got him to stop on that one. And we pick back up. I mean, I had to walk him around and restart him. We pick back up on that one. And um, we find a big puddle of blood. And as we're going through some thicket, he takes another hard um, left turn. And we jumped a buck and a doe. So I knew we were after a buck and I'm like, is that our buck? And then there's a doe. And so now he's after this again. And I'm like, oh, come on. I need (laughs) you here just to leave or we need to find something. So those, I finally got him off of that. He took me back to another road and it dropped off into a neighborhood and kids are out and playing. And 
I don't mind it. I don't mind explaining what I'm doing. I, it's not that. But kids are playing. I got a dog trying to work. It, that's a hard one to come through. So I kept telling him, I was like, he's taking me back to this this neighborhood. We can either go all the way around the neighborhood, pick up where I think the deer's at, because it's either ran it or ran the fence, or we can call it. I mean, we're two hours into this track. It took that much time just to get to where we were. And so we went back over to the back side of this neighborhood like I wanted to do, and there was no signs, no blood, no tracks, nothing that looked like it was a frantic run, and we walked through a food plot. So he's not tracking those deer, but there's other scent we're having to work yeah. through as well. And he was pulling me hard and hard. I could cry. He was pulling me hard this one direction over this tree. We tracked a deer there a couple weeks ago too as well. So scent can sit forever. And I like the guy's like, let's just go ahead and call it. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. What was it? Three weeks later, we get a phone call. They're yeah, out probably. tracking for another deer. Right where we stopped, 40 yards off, he found his eight-point buck. Dead as can be in this lady's backyard. Had no clue it was there. Oh, wow. I, I cried. I cried. I was like, are you serious? And Corey's <laughs> like, yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to run up on other deer and get it corrected. So, to answer your question, yes, we have. But we've, we've never jumped a live injured deer. If we have, they've been Not severely gutted. we found gut shot deer that yeah. are still alive. Uh, Lamar Rutledge. You can take the name out. I'm sorry. He was one of my That's very... That's why I know Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of my very first finds. Uh, over a thousand yards, we ran in a creek. And we walked up on his deer. And I saw feet moving. I'm like, oh, okay. It's, it's, it's okay. It stood up. And I'm like, oh, it's not okay. Lamar's long behind me. I'm pistolless because I'm, I'm tracking for Lamar. I'm yeah, like, I don't yeah. need to... Uh, this deer comes up. And uh, Gus and I are quickly backing out. And he managed to crawl his way up the creek bed and I'm trying to back up and keep Gus quiet because he does bark when it is alive. I take that back. But um, I called Lamar and I'm like, look, it's moving. Like, you got to like find me, <laughs> follow the creek. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. Um, he finally caught up and expired the deer for us. But that's the only one we've ever really jumped that's been injured. Well, you've been doing it for three, three years now, you said, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in those three years time, are you starting to learn like to ask the right questions to these hunters to say, where did you hit it at? Let's wait till tomorrow. Let's wait till then. Yeah, I've I've learned over time. You can tell how they are on the phone. I've learned over time, like, where where were you aiming? Is your rifle on? Have you shot your rifle? Was it a mule kick? Did we have a tail tuck? Did it just trot off? Did it stand on top of the mountain and look back at you? Like, what like lay the whole hunting scene out for me. And then um obviously if they get down and try to find blood. I'm like, well, what color is it? And then if they're like, well, it's dark, dark red. I'm like, honestly, we're great if we wait till tomorrow morning because dark red weeds, it's a lot of liver. They can live a while with liver. Um, and then obviously gut. I'm like, we, we need to wait at least like two days. Don't yeah. don't even go in the woods. Like, don't even touch the woods, please. Yeah. 20, 24 hours is most of the time yeah. on the gut shot. But do you feel like this is this is a very educational for you as well though doing this after tracking yes certain deer yeah i i've learned a lot i've learned a lot too mm -hmm. I, the arteries the there's a, you know a certain amount of blood that they need to lose to die they have based off the weight and stuff like that they, they have like up to a gallon of blood so i mean i've learned like if i'm like two miles in and i haven't seen a gallon of blood your deer is probably long gone or it's living at least another day um you know if I were to get back in the woods and hunt with a bow, which is a great goal of mine to do this year, 
I probably would have a better idea of where I wanted to place it. And I would have an understanding of if I put it here, this is what's going to happen and why it's going to happen situation. So yeah, it has, has, it's helped me a lot with that, the anatomy side of things. So talk, let's talk colors of blood. Cause I think a lot of times we forget that. And, yeah. um, let's say bright red. Mm-hmm. If I call you and I say it's bright red blood and I've got a ton of it right here at the impact within 10 yards, mm-hmm. what's your, what's your thoughts on where that deer was hit? My first question to that before I tell you my thoughts is, do you have bubbles? Okay. So do you have bubbles? Well, I got some. I turned the kid. Oh, in the blood. In the blood. We're not here to play. <laughs> Sorry, you got any bubbles? <laughs> Go find us some. No. So, well, uh, no bubbles. Mm, muscle. Okay. It could be lung, and I'm not saying it couldn't, but lung and muscle can mimic. It can 100 percent same color. Um, I'm not saying I haven't tracked a deer with a lung shot with no bubbles because it mm-hmm. depends on how much of the lung you right. got. So I'm saying lung probably on that one. Okay. Um. If it did a certain movement, like if it took off running hard, probably lung. If okay. it's just trotting off. How about um, dark red blood? Liver. How about medium red blood? <laughs> liver and probably some lung, but okay, most, so it's a mixture. Most, yeah, most of what we run is liver. Uh, just because a l- double lung, your deer is going to die. You shouldn't have a hard time finding it unless you don't have any. And his, I tracked last year, zero blood, double lung, zero blood. I don't know why we had no blood. Must have been high or it just didn't hit right. Clogged up. Yeah. It didn't run 30 yards. No, it didn't, but it had no blood. Um, so it just depends. So if you if you hear those uh, telltale signs or you see those telltale signs, are you suggesting anyone that's tracking a deer to wait a certain amount of time? I don't care if you see a, a perfect shot on it. Are you suggesting before you even try to pick up a track yeah. to, to wait? Yes. I... My and so when I leave a hunter, I'm like, hey, if you ever need to need me, call me. Even if you think you've had a bad shot, like call me. Like we can work on a price or something like that. Like this is just more of a hobby of mine. Like I don't want you to go home empty-handed. I hate right. for a deer to sit in the woods. Like that's someone's livelihood right there. Yeah. Um. So my biggest wow. suggestion is absolutely like if you feel like that shot was not, don't even don't even go explore. Go down, see the color of blood, dark red back out it's going to be there tomorrow like it's not going anywhere it's just going right. to dry unless it comes a flood but then you definitely need to call but me right. if it's a flood moisture helps mm-hmm. the scent holds it to the ground yeah a little bit of moisture you gotta yeah i mean obviously you don't want to wash don't wanna it work, work a monsoon but yeah a tsunami absolutely not a sprinkle i'll run it all day long last year was dry it's a really hard season for a young dog I'm not going to say hard because it works, but it is a hard season. It's dry. The air's dry. Nothing's really sticking to the ground. So We've heard that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's true. And there's a lot of people I follow on Facebook, and they have a ton of experience, and they've gone through a lot of dogs, and that's something that we talked about last year was it's dry. Like, you got to know what you're looking for, right. and it takes a lot. But I feel like last year a lot of people were hunting and not – I don't know. They're new to hunting, I guess, and just pulling triggers and being trigger happy. And so we ended up with a lot of injured deer and pictures of deer. I think you sent me a referral and that one was hard because it was an eight-year-old little girl. She's like, it's dead. I'm like, I hope so. I want it to be dead. I hope it's dead. No, they just shocked it. I got a picture two weeks later of this massive hole in its back. Beautiful deer. And how it lived, I have no idea. Yeah. Beautiful deer. Tough, resilient animals. That's what they do every day. I mean, we've learned that ourselves over the years. Most of the time, if you shoot them in the back, 
they're down. Yeah. But I've got pictures of this one with a hole blown inside of it. Yeah. Do you know what deer that is? <laughs> right over the hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a nice deer. So as far as gaining permission mm-hmm. to track across other people's land, is this, is it, and I'm, you can answer this too, or I guess anybody, but I don't, I'm asking for it, my own good, but is state of Georgia, do you have to have permission to track anything across yeah. property lines? Should. It's great. Great yeah, suggestion. You're, you're supposed to. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that's every state. No. I, no. It's no. different on every, it's different every state. Iowa is a uh, right, right to recover. Right to recover. Yeah, you can't take a gun. You right. can you can leave your gun at the fence. And I can't but, remember which state it is, but if it's not posted, you can go on their property. It's Maine, got, it's Colorado. Be, yeah, it's, and I don't know if I was that way anymore or not. It may not even be a right to recover state anymore. So I mean, I know it's the right thing to do. Yeah. To go knock on the door and ask permission, mm-hmm. especially if it's nighttime. But I'm just asking if it's if you call a game warden or or is that game warden can't help you no and now if okay so i i don't know if a game warden could help me if i'm like hey my deer i see it it's in their backyard i i've never doesn't matter in the state of georgia doesn't i've never experienced it but i will say i emphasize that to the hunter we can go back to the how i explain the hunt like especially neighborhoods like if we're crossing property lines i don't i can't stop I, i can if i can catch it in time but yeah. i i don't want to stop i mean i i should but if somebody comes outside it's just passing through just we'll yeah, i mean we'll, well the, the, the legality wise yeah. you can't cross property no. lines and no. and you can literally see your animal on another piece mm-hmm. of property and you cannot get that animal because it now belongs to the property owner in the yeah. state of georgia didn't that happen to somebody we know it happened to the seek one guys they had lost a deer and they were talking but somebody else it seems like you're yeah. right that we had had that it's conversation. a hard pill to swallow it is and i leave it up to hunters i'm like look this is your neighborhood this is where you're hunting this is this is on you so if we're crossing property lines like i one i don't know where the property line is like right. these neighborhoods these days like they make triangles they make circles like i don't know if you don't have a fence i don't i don't know if you have the right. property line here um, so I leave it up to the hunters. I'm like, hey, look, this is all on you. I need you to knock on doors. I can slow down, do that, do this, and I can help explain. But I don't know when we're crossing. I'm not holding my phone looking at Onyx right. like, hey, this is where we're at. So, the, the guys on Wiley Bridge that we track for, yeah, they're really good about knocking on doors and everything because it it's mostly neighborhoods. So They're great about it. Yeah, they're awesome. They're big supporters of ours too, and they're great guys. I love tracking for them, so they're huge. But I'm not stopping and knocking on your door do you find it easier to i mean you talked about running into people and going to their house do you find it easier being a woman doing that sometimes it probably helps the conversation a little bit more it does that you see a big burly man in camouflage walk up (laughs) hey i got a deer dead in your backyard (laughs) get out (laughs) of here here. that that lady we spoke to off a wiley she was sweet as can be but you can tell there's some reservations she's like what I'm like, look, it's it's to recover, and like, I mean, I do the pull the whole the like the whole card, like it's to feed his family, and like this is a living for me. And <laughs> I do pull that card, but yeah, it does help. But I mean, I have been chased out of the woods a few times. Um, I've been filmed. I've been at night. I had a guy holler at us, and he come running through the woods with a flashlight. The lady that filmed me it was a quick, easy track um, for a guy who was it Peru. Like he came over well, here back up. He what called time? us the night before. Oh yeah, and thought he had gut shot the deer. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So we suggested waiting until the morning to go get this deer. It come a flood. Remember that it come a tsunami. I was like, this is gonna be awful. It come a flood. Shot a deer literally in the backyard. Like it was like this at your house. Yeah, could have shot off the back porch. And um, 
There ain't was, no deer in my backyard if y'all heard that. <laughs> there ain't no deer's no, not in deer. my backyard. There's none. I wish there was. So we are, we're going downhill, and it's a creek. It kind of I call it a ravine. So we're all going downhill, and Gus crosses. Like, he gives me the sign to cross. Like, he won't jump unless, like, he's like, hey, we're, we're going. You ready? And so he crosses, and I made the comment again. I'm like, hey, just a reminder, we are going downhill. If you see it, don't say it. Like, just let's see if he finds it. Let's give him a chance. Yeah. We know it's there. I mean, it didn't take like what, like 10 minutes to find this deer. It was laying in a creek. Gus wanted to keep running with the scent. And, you know, I had to correct him, but we correct him and we take our pictures. This guy came from Peru. He wanted to shoot a white tailed deer. I don't. This was his first deer in America. Yeah. I don't know and- why he chose Georgia. I'm sorry. There's bigger <laughs> places for bigger deer. But like, great, perfect. Let's do it. It was a buttonhead, too. Um, but we got pictures, you know, and uh, it I, actually made a good shot on this deer, mm-hmm. and it didn't go far. No, it was awesome. But we got our pictures and stuff. I did the warning. Gus did growl at him. Whatever. We're walking out, and again, I do carry. Gus is highly protective, and I'm like, he will. He will go at somebody. Um, we're walking out, and I hear this lady holler off of her deck, like you can see her up the mountain, and she's yelling like, "You're animal killers!" Like she's going off. And she come running through the woods. And I told the guys, I was like, if she gets any closer, like my dog's not, like Gus is not going to like it. And she comes running up on me with like her camera. She's like, I got you on video. Like, this is awful. You're an animal killer. Like, follow this out of the woods. You're like, you're about to get you butt yeah. bit. Yeah, and I mean, it's, I got it showing. And like, Gus is like, what are we doing, mom? And I'm like, ma'am, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, and then I explained it to her. Like, I did stop. From a distance, like we're from me in a table, and I'm like, ma'am, do you know the Blankets Creek hunt? That's oh, that's awful. Well, do you know why we're hunting that? Well, no. I'm like, because people like you are feeding these deer, and they're overrun. There's not enough food, and now they're being malnourished, and they're all this and that. And she's like, well, you're still, and I'm like, have a great day, ma'am. I'm so sorry. I can't fix it right now. This is not my yeah. deer. I was paid to get out here. I called him in the truck. I was like, I'm getting out of here. I got to go. <laughs> I didn't see that video anywhere. I was hoping it'd be on Cherokee Connect, but it never made it. <laughs> never made it today. Nah, Josh would have deleted that. <laughs> Probably. <if> he knows. <laughs> you never know. So, but I mean, there's those incidents too as well. Well, there's a big question that comes up uh, often when tracking deer: uh, cost. You, you know, you want to kind of go through that and kind of talk about how the cost or what your thought process is in that. I we've had this conversation before, and I have it every year. I have thought about changing my prices. I don't know if I'm going to. I am on the cheaper end than what you come across. Right. So I charge, what do I charge again? It's $100 to come out <laughs> and then $50 if we find the deer. Yeah. But if it's, that's local. Yeah. If it's further than that, then we're obviously going to charge more. Because right. fuel is skyrocketing. Yeah, exactly. In the past two years. They tend to take care of me when I. All right. Yeah. You know who's going to take care of me. Right. And I'm not looking to be taken care right, of right. at all. Um, so. Just talking to guys, hunters and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, that's what I charge. Like, man, you're like cheap. I'm like, no, I know. It's not. It is a job, but it's not a job. Like, it's a great hobby. I love it. When I say I love it, I love walking through the woods. I love, I'll work it all day long. And I don't put a cap on my track either. I'm like, I'm going to leave this up to you. Now, obviously, five miles in, no blood. I may make a comment or two. But I leave it up to the hunter. I'm I'm there to make them happy. I'm there to ensure that we find their game and yeah. make it successful or give them a peace of mind. We should have called it peace of mind recovery at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we don't even charge that if it's a kid or something yeah. like that. It's their first year right. or something. So, And 
I mean, I've gone all the way out to Ranger and charged that normal price because I knew somebody. It's right. just more to get me out of the house. And yeah, pretty much. <laughs> to, yeah. to I'm get me in the she woods. leaves me with the kids. I do. Fast. <laughs> Poor old Corey. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go track a deer. I got to go. It's pretty much what it is. So. A little payback for November. I yeah, s- I, there you go. <laughs> I assume you track more deer with a bow than you do a gun. Typically, uh, I do. Last I year, know. no. Typically, yes. Last year, I did not. Last year was a lot of rifle and a lot of like three-legged deer being sent to me on camera two weeks later. Wow. Which is great for me. I'm like, man. It's a so lot much. of it in rifle seasons, I know I killed this deer. I put it right on their shoulder. It's a good shot. This deer should be dead. And then you get a picture two weeks later, and the deer's shot in the back. or Yeah. It's shot in the stomach. It's just grazed white hair. And mm-hmm. they go shoot their gun, and it's shooting six inches low and to the right. So do you find it be more of a aiming issue or a caliber issue? I think it's more of nobody shooting their gun before gun season. Right. And it's not sighted in. Yeah. Preferably, I prefer a 308 or a 7 millimeter 08. Perfect calibers for around here. 30 out 6. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of a 30 out 6, but that's what my dad hunted with. Bye, Corey. (laughs) (laughs) It was that easy. It's all you had to do. I hunted with a 243 for years Mm -hmm. until. I started hunting in thick stuff, yeah, and I started making making bad shots, right, and then that's when I started losing deer. And then I got, I, I, I get swapped three hundred eight. I swapped to a three hundred eight. <laughs> three hundred eight's a great round. I mean, all around, I mean, yeah. you can't beat it. And you can find bullets for it right now, yeah, or yeah. ammunition. There's that one I tracked last year. Well, I ask you every time because I still can't believe it was a four forty five seventy. Yeah, gut shot with a forty five seventy. But the foam was. It was a massive buck. It was his one of his big bucks, and I'm like, okay, it's a midnight track, so I, I'm. It's an hour drive. It's Salico Mountain. It's a hike. Um, one of his biggest bucks. Shot at it three times. I know I hit it once. I'm like, it's a big bullet. Okay, cool. So I go out there and we run it. And Gus is working with the wind at some point. We hit the hill and he goes. So the track was on a mountain. I, I remember holding the mountain itself, like we're walking it. And he goes down and kind of goes downhill. And then I restart him. And as we restart and come back, I found like by the creek, a puddle of like in a leaf perfect. It was like milky brown. He, yeah. Milky brown. I'm like, I think he may have like gut shot. No, no, it was a good shot. I'm like, I'm positive. Gus is licking it. He's loving this. And so we continue on. Gus corrected. He, so he went this way downhill once and then he came back up. And when he went back up, we're going back up another mountain, pitch black, dark. I mean, it is midnight. Right. And he walks up on this deer and we turn with the light and we see it. And it didn't register in my mind as I'm sitting at the, like staring at this deer in a split second, why his neck was turned and staring at us. I'm like, man, this is an awkward way to die. The deer was alive. It was gut shot. It was getting ready to go at Gus. Like it was working its way off and we hollered it's alive. And so I go to grab Gus's leash. I work with like a massive orange leash. It's a 30 foot lead. And so I go to grab his leash. Gus is getting ready to go at it. Like I'm trying to grab it. I went to go grab pistol. My shirt and all my gear was caught on it. I fall downhill. (laughs) see the guy pull his gun and Gus is at the deer. And I'm like, Oh God, please don't do it. And he waits till I pull Gus off. And he, I mean, he expired it right there, but it was probably my favorite track with the adrenaline and everything. You wear a GoPro. 
No, we've what tried. What the crap? <laughs> we've got one. But I just can't get it to do its thing. I don't know. It would be an interesting story, but that was one it's of like my favorite. The battery ones. won't stay charged on it long enough. To- I'm going. We've got to go film a track. That would be Listen, awesome. Listen, it's an adrenaline rush, especially when you find it. It's alive, and something like that happens. Um, but it was a little six point. Do what? Ain't none of us in good enough shape. <laughs> I saw I was gonna say, don't call me for a track on a mountain. <laughs> nope, I won't call that one. Go to Cahut and track a deer. <laughs> nah, we're gonna set this one out. <laughs> Wait for you to come this side of town. But yeah, so that was just a little six point. I guess he um you can see where he fell when we're walking down the hill and he broke one of his horns completely off. It so. was a six pointer. Yeah. I thought this was the no, biggest it buck. Was, it, was a six. it wasn't oh it wasn't a six pointer. It was it well when we found it, horn was broken, so it's probably like a two point now and not even that. It was just broken. I thought this was like a big no, buck. No. It might have been a big buck to this guy, Alex. Fair enough. Fair he enough. A, he was a great guy. Shut up, Alex. Yeah, quit throwing shade on this guy. Sorry, sorry. I'm not one thirty. No. He, he even owned up to it. We are with all his buddies, and the guy that lived over the mountain come down the hill, and uh, he's like, I thought you said this was the buck. And the guy, he's like, I thought it was too. And I'm like, this is not, this is, this is not this is a baby. <laughs> so there's those stories, and. I mean, I can go on and on about that. Tell us the craziest tracking request. You got to tell the story on here. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you how it all happened. Um, last year, I touched base with a lot of trackers locally. Um, we There's some around here, and I think they're actually coming to the bow shoot, so you may get to meet them. Um, there's a couple around here that I talked to, and we bounce tracks off because we can't take all of them. So I talked to a guy who tracks in Atlanta, and... Um, I thought he tracked deer and he doesn't track deer. Uh, he tracks dogs and cats and he tracks people's pets. He does. He charges like a thousand dollars just to tell these people where their animal went. And I'm like, damn, I'm where in the wrong. Died? <laughs> no, in the wrong business. So I guess he gave my number to this guy. And this is the same night I got the call for that track, um, on them in Salico. Um, I mean, he's blown on my phone. He's like, I know you just tracked deer. But will you track this for me? And he, I was like, yeah, what is it? And he's like, it's a, it's a tortoise. It's like my pet tortoise. I let it out in the yard and I can't find it. And I'm like, wait, is this a joke? Like, Gotta be a Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be a Wilson. They live in Jasper. No. They're down south. He's like, I'll pay you anything. And I mean, I, I genuinely felt bad, but he wouldn't stop. Like, I mean, it's like, I took screenshots to share with my friends it's 10 screenshots. That's how long this conversation was. Like, I, I don't feel right. Take your money. He's like, I don't even care. Like, just, I'm like, I'm, I don't know how to tell you no anymore. Like I can't, but then my mind's like, how do you lose a tortoise? Like, I didn't know people paid for this kind of stuff. I didn't either. We're in the wrong business so now. It kind of caught us off guard and we were like, Oh, this is kind of sketch. Yeah. I mean, how how B2K. far could that thing have yeah. went? Yeah. <laughs> Hell, he got out of here fast. <laughs> he, he was his, there, and then he was gone. It got even more, like, sketchy. What'd you do, go to work? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you leave it outside? It's the next question. It's hot. So he's like, well, I went around the pond, and there's a hole I think it's in. And I'm like, no, this is, like, some, like, setup. This is, this is like a murder. Like, you've kidnapped people. And you've watched a lot of murder mysteries, Cody. Does that sound like something you've listened to? <laughs> Yeah, so that's the my favorite one. We joke about it to this day. Like my friends and I, I'm like going on a track, and like if I don't recover a deer, they're like you should have took up turtle tracking. I'm like you probably found a lot more at this point. Oh, so, that's great! I love it. It's a good a good turtle story. 
Well, something we haven't done before, and I told you I was going to do this, and and we're gonna we're gonna pretend like I call you. <laughs> we won't do the voice. We don't have to do. We don't have to do Otis calling her, but just kind of walk me through a, a situation and um, pretend I'm a stranger. Okay. So I'm going to call you, and and I've got the hunt played out in my mind. So if you want you want to do it too, Nick, you can do this too. But I, I'm definitely. <laughs> I want to hear yours first before yeah. I come up. So, with one. do you want to so. call Corey first? <laughs> no, I'm calling. I'm calling you. I've, I've yeah. I've, I've reached out to those talk about it outdoors guys, and they've they've gave me your number, and so I've called you. So um, I'm not going to do a ring or anything, but I'm just you just say hello, and we'll go from there. You do what a ring, ring. Okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> hello. <laughs> Is it, you don't have to say it like that. <laughs> hello. Wait, wait. <laughs> Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let me. I got a better hello. <laughs> okay, better hello. Go. Uh, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? I was calling to get you to come and track a deer for me. Um, I was giving your number by the guys over at Talk About It Outdoors. They said that you had a dog that could find anything. Yeah, you can find a lot of things. So, where are you located at? So I live in uh, Fairmount. Um, I've been hunting this deer for a while. He's a really nice buck. Um, I shot him with my bow earlier, and and I want to get you to come out. We've we've tracked blood for for about a hundred yards. We've lost blood. Um, it felt like a great shot. We had a lot of blood on the ground, and um, I, I I just can't. I don't know where to go from here. So I, I wanted to reach out to you. Okay. Yeah. Most definitely. So what time did you hunt? What what was the the shot? It was about 20 minutes before dark, so we'll say 6.40 this afternoon I shot him. Okay. Um, so uh, what color was your blood? Well, it, to begin with, it was a little bit uh, – let me let me back up a little bit here. So right at the shot, I, I couldn't find my arrow, mm-hmm. and I found a lot of white hair. And as we progressed the track a little bit, I started finding more and more uh, blood, and it was a lot of, of red blood, and it's eventually ran out. We've got to a creek, and there's there's no blood that we can find on the other side of the creek. So was the deer quartering too broad? Like, what do we got going on? With oh, that? he was dead broadside. I know for a fact. He, there's no way I would have taken a marginal shot on this buck. <laughs> he was just huge. So you And you said you found your arrow, so it was a complete pass-through? Uh, it was a complete pass-through. I had a little bit of red blood on two of my veins. It wasn't completely covered like I would like to see. Okay. Um, so did he do any type of jump, tuck, run, trot? What do we do when we took off? He more or less jumped sideways. He didn't kick up in the air like a mule kick or anything okay. else. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you didn't find any brown, milky looking situation? No, no, no brown in there. It's just, it's just bright red blood is all we found it. And we're, like I said, we've stopped at the creek. I've walked, my flashlights went dead. Ma'am, I'm going to need you. You're going to have to help me out here. This is the biggest buck of my life. Okay, can I pause the, the story time? What time is it now? It is now 9.45. A.M., P.M. No, PM. Nine, you were gone in the story. <laughs> I'm invested. <laughs> um, so with it being 9 o'clock and I'm off work tomorrow, I can get out there first thing in the morning. My best suggestion was... I'm going to need you to come tonight okay. now. I, I, I'm going to need you to come Click. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, my next question before we even talk about time any further, did you mark last blood in the start of blood? We, we did. We were marked at the edge of the creek where we found the last blood. I've got, a, I've got a, a little bit of... I, I hung my hat there. Hung your hat. Did... Um, when you found last blood, does it look like... You went across. Does he look like the deer went across, or did we turn hard down the creek? Well, we can't really tell. Okay. He may have crossed, but and I'm gonna tell you, I got to be honest. We've walked up and down the creek bank, back and forth, back and forth, trying to find something, but we hadn't been able to find anything. Yeah. Okay. 
So I can try my best to get out there this afternoon. Well, it's not it's this evening. Um, if that's okay. If not, I can get out there at five o'clock in the morning and run it. My best suggestion is with that, the white belly, I want to ensure that if it is a gut shot, we're not pushing any further. Cause if we push further, we're kind of out on that one. Um, okay. it does sound you clipped. It sounds like you clipped some liver, especially with that dark blood. Um, I thought it was bright blood. I thought you said dark. Did I say dark or I bright? I swear he said dark. I think I said bright. Okay, we're going back. <laughs> I swear you said dark. I got her some bad stuff. <laughs> you got now. me so confused. Listen. Corey, you sh- you left no, it soon. No, you did. Yeah. So bright blood, white, still, I mean, you could have clipped a lung. One lung, he can run for days. He can, honestly, if you're pushing it. Look how red <laughs> you face You got me she is. so like, flustered now. He said dark. Rewind it. Stop. <laughs> He said bright when I come in. Oh, we're divorced. <laughs> <laughs> I might have said I might have said bright, but it was maybe it was a little bit of dark mixed in. Maybe I said that. Listen, I don't know. Why are <laughs> but, you but, aiming so, so low? How high but, in the tree were you? But so so I and 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 what I'm trying to get yeah. at by this conversation yeah. is all the information that you can give mm-hmm. is is imperative to what you're going to be able to do yeah. and being successful on that track. Did you notice things that I did in that conversation? We'll just, just kind of say that's the end of that track. Yeah. But um, what's the one thing that you took away from that that I shouldn't have done? Because I know there's something I said in there yeah. right at the end. Yeah. What's what's something in there that I probably shouldn't have Walking done? Walking up and down that creek. Okay. You should have backed out immediately when you couldn't find the blood. And honestly, if you weren't confident in your shot and you found white, to me, white, what does white mean to you? Because to me, it means like you're on the brisket. Yeah. It seems like yeah. something Belly. low. Yep, yep. Yeah. And so you either you either hit brisket or you hit lung. Um, and so I'm not going to say they can't die from brisket because they can. It depends mm-hmm. on what you hit and how much of it you hit. So, but a brisket can be treated like a liver. you got to let it sit. Right. So, um, but you're not... I wouldn't walk. If you're walking a trail and you're now seeing drops and they're not consistent, I would back out immediately. I would back out. But I would have backed out at the white belly. All you're doing is spreading scent mm-hmm. up and down the creek. Right. If you're walking back and forth. Doing more, it, more can be worked, yeah. it can be worked mm-hmm. through, but it takes more time. Another thing I keep in mind, depending on the season too, so it's kind of hard. I mean, I can play telephone all day long, but it's right. kind of hard too. Because if, if we're setting the scene and it's now rut, Okay, so we're chasing deer. There's deer around. When you shoot a deer, whether it's a you know with a bow or a rifle, whatever it is, when you shoot a deer and there's other deer around, every deer puts off adrenaline. But one deer puts off that one adrenaline that we're searching for because it has a distinct smell about it. It continues. So that's another thing. Like in rut season, I'm huge about like okay, so were we chasing doe? Were there deer around? Like let's keep in mind what direction they go because right. I get out there. We're going to be running. He's got to work through all this at the same time, too, as well. So you didn't really set the scene for me. Well, he's a bad hunter. They're, they're, <laughs> all, they're all putting scent off in the, out of their interdigital gland yes. in their feet. But the one that's injured is going to keep putting it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other ones that were there are going to eventually stop. I did exactly what I wanted to do, aggravate the fire. You out did. Of I'm like, this is silly <laughs> I, I think nick has one but i i've got a question you do you ask the hunter if he was hunting out of a blind or mm-hmm. to know the angle of the shot i tend to um i like to assume if you're doing crossbow most crossbows are on the ground and i didn't even ask you if you were doing crossbow but we're i'm flustered come on now i've got marie curve <laughs> so, right here. yes i do how tend high, to ask how that high question. you're in the tree how close the deer was that all determines the 
angle of the arrow when it goes through the deer. There's one place we go track, um, and it's where I work Gus a lot. It's a he has a, a massive open field, and it's my favorite place to track because I can give Gus a lot of lead to work a, a track, and I don't have to like run with him. Like I can let him actually work really well. Um, and in those situations, I can pull up pretty much on the track. I can get out and he can walk me to like, this is where I shot. This is my first blood. And I can like determine like what I'm thinking too as well. I can look at your blind in the field. I can take a guess where you were going and stuff like that with it too as well. I don't really have a scenario, but I was just thinking how Jessica might call you or me and be like, who in the hell is that guy you sent over here to track his deer? <laughs> He's about, he has a damn thousand questions. <laughs> he is trying to fluster me now. Now listen, I know for a fact I shot that buck right broadside with this 30 out 6 I'm telling you, listen. I hit him. And if you tell me anything different, I don't know what to think about this situation. I'm going to have to call Alex and tell him about that. I'll refer you to somebody else. <laughs> have you, have you uh, now that everybody's starting to get into this drone thing, have you, have you thought about getting one of those? We had this conversation the other night. Yeah. I was like, man. I would love to, mm-hmm. but I don't know how. Talk to Alan. I did. I did. Alan and I got to talking. I was like, that would be so cool because – Alan's like, it takes me like two minutes. I was like, man, I'm out in the woods for like four but hours. They, they charge a lot more. Yeah, but out and, and there the thing about versus- it is, you're not going to be able to be that successful in the canopy that we have here. You're not going to find deer like they do in the Midwest. No, no but where I think where it would help out, especially local here, is all these in town tracks. Yeah. Then you wouldn't have to knock on doors. Yeah. Nope. The only thing you would have to maybe compete with would be like the Air Force Base down here at Dobbins or something like that yeah. if you get near that or the small airports. Yeah. But I think that would cut down on the door knocking and everything. Be like, right That's there's true. your deer in that backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, again, most yards down there are open probably where you're yeah. at. Yeah, yeah you're thick. maybe one acre, two acres yeah, max. So, but I, I have thought about it. It would be a great investment. I think it'd be one of those things like I truly would have to commit to that too yeah. as well. And, it, and Corey's like, yeah. yeah. We would and, have to learn it. it I, mean, I, can't fly, I can't fly a drone. Especially if you have both you know both mm-hmm. means i mean if one of you guys are on a track with a dog yeah you need some help or vice versa yeah yeah, yeah. you mean me and both flying that and running i see <laughs> yeah, we fly, had this conversation the drone and running the dog we had this conversation because we are talking about another dog not that gus is getting bad but gus is getting older gus is i know he's three and was like that's a puppy yes but gus started tracking at 12 weeks old Gus wasn't even a year old when he found his first deer, but he was right at it. Right. So it takes a year to work a dog. You got to be prepared for the next phase yeah, as you go. You do. I mean, and I and I hate to say it, and I love Gus to death and stuff like that, but I've also talked to Corey. I'm like, man, should we do a smaller dog and do off lead? Like, I'm thinking a terrier. And I mean, the places that I have been, mm-hmm. I have crawled through so many briars and like tunnels because like, you know those tunnels of deer. The, yeah. Gus and I have been up in it. Like there's times like I've picked Gus up with a handle and we're picking up through briars and picking up through tracks. Um, so we are talking about another dog, but if we got another dog to run off lead, I could run off lead and do a drone. I don't know if I want to do <laughs> off lead. I, I, I wouldn't mean, want to watch, do it in a city. No, no, I wouldn't want to do it anywhere that, that he could jump that deer on a track. I mean, that deer's, you got to think that, that dog is like you said, that's his prize. And if yeah. he locks in on it, even a trained dog now, Maybe you could have a, we watched a, a video the other night. Yes. The guy was running off lead Midwest, so it's totally different out there. Mm-hmm. They run this deer. It was alive. Five miles. It was five miles. God almighty. If you run five miles here, you've crossed 
1200 <laughs> property yeah. lines. 500 I mean, property probably lines. the only way you can run off lead here would be a would be a shot caller yeah yeah well so gus does have an e-caller and i run it with him too as well just in case that moment he he slips out and he gone he's gone but he's got a great great recall i have videos of him in our front yard like he slides to stop and turns back at me but with this one track he's talking about and this i'm probably gonna um not make a lot of people happy with this but that one deer he's talking about in general Yes, it was injured, but the way that the dog had a GoPro, so you're up and personal. This dog's fighting with his deer now. This dog and this deer are going at it. The The deer is about how he's gassed out. He's not injured enough for me to say, here's your deer. We need to expire him. He was not. They had to. They eventually wore the deer out. Enough to walk up to a pistol. Again, yeah. And killed it. So to me, running off lead, great idea. But there's a lot of baying dogs too, is or baying deer, and it's. I, it becomes yeah. to where, from where you're tracking to to your hunting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm not a fan of that. I'm, I'm out to find your deer that's expired. I'm not out to hunt down your deer and expire it for you. Like, I mean, to an extent I will, like if Gus walks up on it and it's injured enough where we can expire it and you have a rifle, like I'll stop, you make the shot, but I'm not going to bay your deer right. because you blew its leg off and you can... Ex- there's yeah I'm probably I like that I mean that's a deer. very interesting way to look at it yeah I'm not out I'm not hunting your deer I'm tracking your deer I, I don't think you kind of talk I don't, we didn't really ask but mm-hmm. when you're talking about Gus gets a, aggressive with those deer mm-hmm. what does he do does he go in there and try to bite bite them the yeah back, back end of them front end of them so he's never had so he's had some that wanted to come at him but in, quick and we've been quick enough to pull him off or whatever but he will fight he more than likely I've never gave him a chance to see what happens i've heard horror stories of dogs being horned yeah um and it's a fear of mine with him um when he does get aggressive with them he's more at the hind end with them and he's just going out the back even if it's expired he still tries to go yeah he's not like aggressive but he does gnaw on it um he licks it and then like if you were to approach us and go to grabbing the horns and stuff like that like he bows up gets over the deer he's like this is mine yeah he's like yeah Yeah, we've tracked for friends mm-hmm. and the dog and Gus knows who they are because they're over at the house and it's dark and they're all men they're all they're all three or four of them come up on her and he growls and goes at them because he does he it's nighttime he's found the deer that he's looking for yeah and it doesn't matter who it is he doesn't growl this people though when they're at home that's that's no. a difference like he he has a switch he does and he has a switch when we're working like believe it or not like his harness when his harness is on he has no manners but when his leash, leash is on the dog he walks, knows yeah, yeah he walks that's, out like nobody's we business. trained him that way mm-hmm. so when you find the deer you can take his harness off and put his lead on and you can walk him out of the woods versus being drug out of the woods yeah. or yeah. he's still in hunting mode and mm-hmm. trying to find something else but no he he just he, i try to and i watch it too because there's it's deer and velvet we've found some some velvet deer and and that's to me it's a big deal you, your deer is in full velvet and it's dead so i i would want to keep it so i i tend to watch him with those and make sure he doesn't go after the ears he doesn't go on the horns and stuff like that but that too is a training curve for him as well so i tend to keep him towards the back end and let him do his thing and call it a day with that one well season's just a few short weeks away you guys Prepared and ready? As prepared as I can. We're so ready, I bought it's, her a truck to track it. Yes, I got a new truck. <laughs> Is Gus right up front no, or in the back? No, no. She hates driving that one. I hate that one. I've drove that one and I've made, uh, not made, I've asked politely, hunters turn it around for me because I don't want to, 
I don't want to like get divorced. Like that's his baby. <laughs> so like there is oh, there is a curved one wheel. On I it. have. I cried. He didn't talk to me for hours. Um, don't blame me. There was one track. I had to put it in four wheel drive, and then I left. The guy went out of his way to text me to make sure I took it out of four wheel drive <laughs> to save my marriage. So I got my own truck this year. Um, Gus needs a newer box. That's so my goal this year is to get him a nice, uh, fancy box. Right yeah. now we have one of those cheap ones and. He loves it, but I want something knowing that if I were to get in a wreck, like he's going to take the impact. With so he rides in the back, not the front. He rides in the back. When I ran <laughs> yeah, it. he's definitely in the back. Yeah, no. <laughs> when I ran it out of my SUV, my older SUV, he did get the luxury of riding in the back and being an AC and heat, but he does not get that now. Well, now they've got boxes, they've got fans in them and everything. Yeah, else, and so. I, that's what we're leaning towards yeah. is more of the gunner box. Yeah. But yeah, that's, something not, what, that's what he runs. That's not what we have right now. No. It ain't no plywood box like me and you run me. <laughs> yeah. Diamond me Deluxe, <laughs> baby. Hey, hey, Get I, had that one, on, I had one of those in high school. <laughs> Were I, you a dog man before you had this one, Corey? I mean, oh, you yeah. had dogs? Yeah. My grandpa's squirrel hunted, and he's always had dogs that, I guess, you can road hunt or you can walk yeah. the dog when yeah. you're squirrel hunting. My grandpa is, he fell off a house when I was a kid. Uh-huh. So he's he's not handicapped. Right. You know who he is. Yeah. And he still walks around. He's nearly 80 year old. Yeah. And, <laughs> but we always road hunted with dogs. Yeah. So I grew up doing that. Yeah. And I've had Feist and Curs. Yeah. And Just thought we've had. I mean, squirrel same dogs. dogs. Squirrel dogs. Yeah. Never a hound dog. No, I've never had a hound dog. Man, he's a handful. Whoo. Hounds are different than those Feist and Curs. Yes. And then there's a lot of grit in them. I mean, you get a driven. You get a, the right cur with the right nose on it, mm-hmm. it'll it'll push any any track you want it to. See, I've been looking smaller. at them. I've been looking at curs. There, and again, I'm a firm believer. I that, love the cur dog. Yeah, yeah, they're beautiful dogs. I I have this idea. I want to go to the pound and find a dog, <laughs> just adopt it. Yeah, but you don't know what you're getting, right. and I and so, but I've been looking at curs. Um, we also have thrown it out there about breeding Gus and just taking litter pick, but I, I just said I don't want to be drugged through the woods. But Gus is a breed him to a smaller dog. You I don't know, try to try to find a try to find a, a smaller breed dog and with start floppy your own ears, long. long floppy ears. I breed wanted, him to a damn basset hound, then Jessica, hell for her. I wanted a female dog. No, yeah. I got a male. Females are females are. I mean, that's all, all we've ever had. They're don't smarter. We've had male dogs, yeah. and now they get, they get out of the box. They pee on everything around. They got to yeah. spend fifteen minutes before they're ready to actually get to work. See, you drop that tailgate <laughs> on a female, it's ready to go. I mean, he yeah. doesn't do that. Now he'll pee on a track if he's not on it, but he doesn't do that. But he is intact. He is a male, and mm-hmm. he tries to show dominance if you kind of get the drift. Um, so he, yeah, he is. And there's times Corey and I can get to wrestling or goofing off or whatever, and he will go at Corey. He's like. He won't bite you but once, Willie Corey. Yeah, that's exactly right. He's fixing, he's fixing to become unintact. Yeah, he's fixing to be neutered. I've about had it. So, and that'll probably change his drive a little bit. It's yeah. my fear. That's what we've kind of. That's why we've held off so long. I don't know that it'll change his his tenacity to want to track. Yeah, but it will change some of his his behaviors. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen that with dogs through the years. Yeah, that's my fear. I don't. I don't want that to happen. He's a he's a damn good dog. I love him to death. 
there's a gentleman that tracks with Catahoulas. Um, yes. Yes, that's the one I'm talking about. So okay. he, uh, can I say his name? Yeah. Oh, Coda, I think it is. Yep, Coda. Yep. So You'll be I, at the bow shoot. Yes, I yep. met Coda last year, and it was actually his first season last year, and so we got to talking, and we... Beautiful dog. Oh, oh yes. God, he's that dog, dog he's got is beautiful. He does, and she, he's just a baby still, so yeah. he's just turned one. Um, And so last year was his first year tracking, and so I got in touch with him, and... We, we talk here and there throughout the season right. and stuff, but we do bounce tracks off each other. I'm like, hey, this guy just called me. Like, this is what he told me. Because believe it or not, we'll get one story and he'll get the other. Right. Um, so we did a lot of that last year. I'm like, hey, I can take this one. You take this one. And then if the third's up and we're done, we'll do that. So we do kind of work together. And there's another guy I haven't met, but he's got some damn good dogs too as well. Uh, his name's Travis, but he tracks more towards the Fulton line. So... And I think that's a, a key thing. You don't look at it as competition because there's so many hunters out there and there's yeah. so few trackers. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, well, we she, would, she goes through all the trouble. If somebody calls us and it's way off or we can't get to it, she will go find somebody, mm-hmm. call them back, give them their number to call the tracker. Maybe start a group message and with all yeah. the trackers. She's around. done that multiple times. Yeah, I've met a few people. I think they've been taken back there. I'm like, hey, I track. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> but I mean, they're they're great guys. I love right, it. They're right. they're awesome. And um I'm excited to see what the season has in store for Coda. I don't I mean, that sounds weird, but I am. Like this no, is his no. second season and he's got a damn good dog. Like he really does and he's been working hard and he does off lead. Um, but With his dog hits little though, and he throws a tracking collar on it with yeah. a toner. Yes. I so, think I was talking to him about that. He runs a a Garmin. With he a, does. Yeah. So with it, he's yeah. got a toner on it. He can kind of tone him back. Last year he had he ran um that dog, and then he ran the uh, Yorkie with it. I'm like, I have questions. <laughs> There's guys down in South Georgia. What's the one guy that tracks with the uh? They're, they're little palms. Really? Yeah. He's, guy, he's, I've a, seen him on YouTube. He's got little Pomeranians he tracks with. So There's, There's a, a guy in the Midwest. Dotsons. Yeah, yeah he, he tracks with a Dotson, and he waited, I think it was three years, <laughs> to get this dog from overseas. Oh, yeah. wow. It's specifically bred for this, and I and he's charging an exuberant I, amount of money. Yes, <laughs> I think he was just going to a base price. If you call him and he comes out, it's $1,000. And I was like, if we told somebody that here, they would laugh and hang up the phone. Well, you got to think, though, because I know Cody's been in this position before. You're calling people. It could be the deer of a lifetime. And and, and I know that that if I was in a certain situation hunting a certain deer, I'd be like, uh, we call (laughs) Or the turtle of the lifetime, too. What is it, Nick? Call call him out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he has. I mean, he literally called two different tracking companies to try to track that deer for him. I mean, and the first people he was he was calling people that were tracking blood, and then he called people that were tracking adrenal. I mean, that was turn around, Cody. Let me get that. No, it's okay. It's okay. No, and so uh, Coda has kind of made us look at the breed dog he's run into as well. And we had uh, we came across a puppy for sale, and we almost put her hand up but Cody's like this is a really good guy so we kind of have we've we've been looking so but yeah we're excited I can't wait nervous excited well tell people go ahead I'm sorry I just want to ask a question because I yeah. figured Alex would ask it already but if and I don't know you the short time you've been in there but broad do you for broadheads do you prefer fixed blade or expandables or one or the other after, it, after, it doesn't which, matter to me you ain't seen I, it? Have, I you, shoot, have you seen a difference no I started out I'm and I'm still shooting a fixed but I've kind of swapped to a an expandable. But I've got both in my in my quiver. 
As far as tracking, though, have you guys noticed a difference? No. Really. I will say that one deer we tracked off of Wiley, not the one that I should have committed to completely. The one two weeks before that was a gut shot. He had, it was fixed, wasn't it? But they were, ma- what were no, they? No, it was, uh, they it was were a G5. Is it G5 Mega Meat? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've got in my, could, the hole that it left on the way out yeah. was like mm-hmm. Massive. Yes. Because it, it must have been quartering away, mm-hmm. but I'm, the hole he left was huge. Yeah. So I've got the the crown thorns, mm-hmm. the fixed, and then I've shoot. I've got the G five mega meats as well. So that one though with the gut shot, I mean, he had guts hanging out of it. The deer lived. The deer came back. He's got it on camera, like having a struggle going to the bathroom, and he can see it. But I mean, it ripped that deer open. But there's not. I don't think they do anything different. I will say I prefer. They the, do a big, the expandables will leave a bigger exit yeah. wound. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. If you don't hit nothing, you're yeah, not. Yeah, you've got to hit vitals and for it to kill. Whether I mean, you can shoot a field point. Yeah, if, if you're, you're the right if spot. you're if you're that good, you could shoot a field point and kill a deer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you can go through a long don't and miss. Don't do that. No, don't. I don't prefer that. Listen, <laughs> but in theory, you could. Yeah, I just, I mean, with that, just don't go in shooting wild since you know there's someone local. Please make a good shot decent shot yeah makes it a lot easier <laughs> yeah it does yeah. just give me something give me a little bit of blood um we i'll leave y'all with the last story we tracked a deer uh two years ago and it was a rifle shot no blood nothing dark nothing no blood not even a kick up just the deer disappeared it but was, they had it on video yeah that's that was the only saving ball grace. ground in the field where we uh yeah Run Gus most of the time. And that, so they had a video, so you can see the video and the ripple, and you can see the jump. So you knew you hit something, um, but nothing was left. And the deer probably wasn't even, what, 20 yards away, just sitting on the other side of the It, it might have been 40 yards, but it ran out of the field. My yardage is off. Through a thick, a cane thicket. Yeah. And then, like, no blood. Yeah. It was dark. And she ran a grid on it with the dog and found it mm-hmm. not he, far from where they shot it. Yep. But the only thing that helped us with that one was the video. Right. I love Because if, if it hadn't have been yeah. for the video, we probably wouldn't have went out there. And yeah. they probably wouldn't have called us. Yeah. I love me some video because I, I do ask for that. If they have it, I'll examine it. And I'm like, well, let's let's wait till tomorrow. And so video is my favorite. A lot of people do it these days. So Yeah. But I could tell stories all day long of what I do. Well, where can we find you or people that's listening? Where that, can they find you guys? So we will be advertising at um, the bow shoot. Yeah. So we're taking a step forward. I'm putting my big girl pants on. Um, we got new business cards. So I'm going to hit them to you too as well. Um, we have been in the talks about putting him out, him out there on Facebook even more as well. Um, a lot of word of mouth business cards. I'm not going to throw my phone number out there right. as well too, but... Call or text. Call or text. Yeah. Text is best because we do have jobs. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm sorry if I can't get to you as soon as you want. There's been times we've had to turn people away because we can't yeah. get to you. Um, we've we've had our share of people having tracking dogs. I got a call last year and uh, it was like a dead set thing. I was like, yeah, it was a beautiful deer too. I got a picture of it. And he's like, wait, I just came across a guy that has a dog that does it. And I'm like, I'm sure you did. And so he, uh, he's like, I'm going I'm to give it a shot. And so they found it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a call back. He's like, I won't be doing that again. And then I got the guy with the husky over in North Canton. That's like, my dog can find anything. And it's just a husky. And I'm yeah. like, I put in all this time of work. And he actually found the deer on that one. Yeah. It was one of my buddies called 
He's like, I've shot this deer with a 270. I know it's not going far, but I can't find anything. Yeah. He's and asked if we'd come out and track it. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm in the woods. I'll, I'll, I'll be out shortly and I'll holler at you. Well, his, the neighboring property, I guess, come over and is like, hey, I've got a dog. He'll find the deer. The dang husky. He's like, no, I've got a buddy that's actually got a tracking dog. <laughs> yeah. And he's coming out. He's like, I tell you what, if this dog does not find this deer, I will pay him. <laughs> and they ended up finding the deer. So, yeah. So you didn't get, he didn't have to pay you. No, yeah. But I'm like, I put all this time and effort in. And you got a dog you just found in the backyard. Well, I cut my hunt short. <laughs> I turned into my backyard. <laughs> and I cut my hunt short to come out and do that. And, yeah, here we are. Which is not a big deal. Well, I think the biggest thing people need to take away from this is if, if when in doubt, back out. I mean, yes. we've said it before. We've learned yeah. our lessons on that. But um, take away from it the, the tips and the points. And if you got any doubts, give you guys a call. Yeah, most certainly. Don't, don't be afraid. And even if it's just a conversation of like, hey, this is my suggestion, and you go back tomorrow and walk it through, I'll tell you. Like, yeah. I'm not out for your money. Like, so if you just need some suggestions, I got it. Yeah. So, but yeah. I love it. You good? Yeah, I hope I don't need it. I hope I don't love it. I, I, I want to hear them crash. Yeah. yeah, we all do. But yeah, thank y'all so much. Yeah, appreciate y'all coming. I mean, it'll be fun being at the bow shoot. We'll be on the backside of this when it drops out. But come network, meet people. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's been a, it's been a big deal. I mean, that's where we met you guys. I mean, y'all came last year. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been been great. I've, I've had great feedback from everyone I've sent to you guys. I mean, it's always been fun to talk with you and send people your way. So we'll continue to do that. We, we love doing word of mouth oh, yeah. and tracking for people that we know. Well, one thing we'll do is link up this episode with y'all's contact information. Yeah. You know, that people can reference back to it. They can say, dang, Alex and them did a, a show with this and they can reference back and find yeah. you guys. Yeah. And uh, C and J... Wounded, game. Wounded, wounded yeah is that on instagram you. uh no i can send it to you and we need we need to build a platform but i mean i like Corey said i t- i tend to do word of mouth it's my favorite like i don't right. get me wrong i'll track for a guy that calls me but there's nothing better than getting in the woods with somebody a buddy of a buddy and you're sharing a passion together you kind of have already have a connection right, right right so that's that's the the most exciting part but i i don't mind tracking for other people either it's she just, does post some of the stuff on her personal Instagram. Yeah, I do that too as well. But I can send you information and yeah. y'all get linked up and we'll get all squared away. I love it. Well, thank y'all for coming. Yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely. We'll have you back again maybe in the future. Tell some when y'all are full-blown empire. Yeah. Drone yeah. recovery and everything. <laughs> when, the kid, when the kids are able to take care of themselves. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Corey's like, don't put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we said, we appreciate y'all coming and, and thankful for everybody that listened to this episode. If you got any questions, reach out to us and we can put you in touch with Corey and Jessica. They're they're a great bunch. They're local here and they're great friends of ours. We look forward to having y'all at the bow shoot and uh, we look forward to seeing everybody. On the back side of this, when you're listening to it, we've already had a great weekend at the bow shoot and I'm sure we'll do a a recap of that special event. So for everyone here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to remind you to smile as you go and don't forget, mount the memories. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. 
If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land, and a completely different approach than others. LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Are you in need of a decluttering? barn or garage slap full of stuff you just don't need or is your construction site needing a dumpster give our buddy tony at georgia junk and dumpster rental a call with services ranging from junk removal to roll-offs georgia junk is here to help with any and all removal needs if it's time to get that parking spot back or the boat needs a place inside tony and his team can surely assist Servicing Cherokee, Cobb, Bartow, and surrounding counties, give them a call at 404-406-3501 or check them out on Facebook at Georgia Junk. Clean up the yard in short order with Georgia Junk. Georgia Junk. 